I didn't think it'd make me laugh this time too. But every time I bring this Bible, Pastor Elaine says, do you think it's big enough? And today I put it on the stand and it begins to lower itself. So I guess she might have a point. Our scripture reading today comes, comes from Luke 19, verses 35 through 38. Now, prior to this scripture is the life of Jesus. Uh, he was born in a manger. We know he was wrapped in swaddling clothes, raised by a carpenter, no doubt as a carpenter, baptized by John the baptizer. Then we see him gain disciples, and we see miracle after miracle after miracle, and we arrive here at this point. The scholars take this portion of scripture and label it the triumphal entry of Jesus. Just prior to this scripture, he has instructed his disciples to go get a donkey that has not been written from a very specific place and given very specific instructions and sent them to bring him, bring the donkey to him. And we arrive here. Then they brought it to Jesus. And after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept, go back. People kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power they had seen, saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Everything about this scripture points to Jesus's kingship. From him mounting an unridden donkey to him entering into the city surrounded by, by the citizens and a multitude of people to the people spreading their coats. And in, in other areas of the gospel, it says some cut off palm branches and cast before him, thus Palm Sunday. To the crowd singing hymns and praises, he came into this city as a king. But that very fact is the thing that perplexes me most about this scripture. It's that very fact that perplexes me in a mighty, mighty, mighty way because how could some of the same people that went out of their way to celebrate and praise Jesus then a short time later be the ones yelling, crucify him? For those that don't know what follows the scripture, Jesus will cleanse the temple. He will have disagreements with the religious leaders. He will be betrayed by one of the 12, sentenced to death by the people, tortured and crucified. But I won't spend too much time here. Come back next week for that message. But he is buried in a borrowed tomb. And just as he promised, he arose on the third day with all power in his hand. But back to this week's message, how could they celebrate him one day and condemn him to horrific death just a few days later? How, oh how, could they fix their mouth to say Hosanna and then also fix those same lips to say crucify him? My God, my God. But after rereading today's scripture, I believe I found the answer. Verse 37 records, as he was drawing near already on the way down from the Mount of Olives, 
the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. And it occurred to me, this multitude of people, some were true disciples, but others were just happy to be amongst those that saw the miracle. Some people were true disciples, but others just wanted to be close to this Jesus that, that just raised Lazarus from the dead. And quite frankly, some of them were never celebrating Christ, the king. Instead, they were celebrating the miracles they had seen him do. They were celebrating the man that raised Lazarus from the dead. They were celebrating the fragile possibility that he was the king that would deliver them from the Romans. They were celebrating the possibility that they had what they had waited for for so long. But when Jesus was found not to look, act, or be what they expected, their celebration stopped and their campaign for crucifixion began. This lends me to the title of today's sermon. This lends me to the question at hand, and I ask you, why do you celebrate? Do you celebrate God simply for who he is or do you celebrate God for what he does? Do you celebrate the promises yet unseen or just what your eyes currently behold? Why do you celebrate? Do you celebrate because the Lord is good and his mercies endureth forever? Do you celebrate because his love is everlasting? Do you celebrate because you know that his grace is sufficient in all situations? Or do you celebrate because he gave you the job or he gave you the house or he gave you the car or he gave you favor in a situation that made you look good amongst your peers? Why do you celebrate? I must tell you this morning that your attitude of gratitude, your celebration has to be grounded in something bigger than stuff and good feelings. If the roots of why you celebrate are not deeper than superficial gain, then when a storm comes in your life, your reason for celebration will be washed away. If your reasoning for celebrating God is only fueled by good feelings and good times, then when hard times occur in your life, your praise will be overshadowed by grief. Oh, but if you can celebrate the gift that you have in Jesus. If, if you love God in spite of your situations, if you believe that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth, even without seeing the miracle, and as the songwriter says, though the storms keep raging in my life, and sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day, still that hope that lies within is reassured as I keep my eyes upon the distant shore. I know he'll lead me safely to that blessed place he has prepared. But if the storms don't cease, and if the winds keep blowing in my life, my soul is anchored in the Lord. Is your soul anchored in the Lord? Why, oh why, oh why do you celebrate? Can you agree with the psalmist that says, one thing have I asked of the Lord and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Can you agree with Paul when he writes, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Can you agree with Job as he says, naked I came into this world and naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Can you agree with Habakkuk as he says, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Why do you celebrate? If you have found today after listening to me for just a few moments that the only reason you celebrate God is because of what he does for you and not simply for who he is, this is your opportunity to choose to change your mind. If God is awesome to you as long as he allows your life to be awesome, but when challenges arise, your trust, hope, faith, and joy in God disappear, this is your chance to choose to change your perception. Make sure your celebration of God is rooted and grounded in the essence of who he really is and not just who you want him to be. Don't be like those in the crowd that celebrated because they hoped for personal gain and then crucified my Lord because he didn't, they did not receive what they expected. But instead, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Be not swayed by every wind of doctrine and be confident that God loves you and has your best interest in mind. Be confident that he will not leave you nor will he forsake you. Be confident that his word is forever true and his promises are very real. Celebrate because he is. One of my favorite songwriters records these words. It just says, for who you are, for who you are, I praise you, Lord, for who you are, for who you are, for who you are. I praise you, Lord, just for who you are. It is when we get here in our praise, it is when we get here in our worship that we forsake the sinful side of humanity that celebrates based simply on what they want. It is when, we, when, when who he is overshadows what we think we want him to do and to be that our celebration becomes truly real. It is in that moment that we become peculiar in nature and different from the crowd. It is then that we truly celebrate who is Christ our King. The question this morning is why do you celebrate? Close your eyes and bow your heads with me. I believe this is a great question for today because just as the scripture highlights the fact that they celebrated and threw branches uh, 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 of palm leaves in front of him, threw their cloaks even on the ground, celebrated him as a king because their hearts weren't in the right place. Ultimately, they became the same mob that crucified my Lord. What I'm hoping that you will do in this time while your eyes are closed and your head is bowed, is really evaluate why you celebrate. Because I can assure you the storms of life will come. I can assure you that challenges will be something that you face. I can assure you that everything will not look exactly like you want it to look. 
And it is the reasoning that you celebrate who God is. It's the reasoning that you give your praise and your worship. It is that reasoning that determines whether you will stay connected to the God of your salvation or you will be the one that walks away crucifying him anew. Why do you celebrate? Open your eyes. I would argue that we celebrate because his love is vast. His love is uncompromising. His love uh, uh, spans the variety of different people that even sit in this room. I would argue that we celebrate because God is our God and God alone and we, we need him with all, every fiber of our being. I would say that we celebrate not based on what we see but based simply on what we know. The God of our salvation is our king. Amen. The God of our salvation is our king. So as we celebrate this day, let us not fall into those sinful desires that the world wants us to embrace, where we want what we want, when we want it, how we want it. But let us seek after the will and pleasure of our king. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.